Welcome to Hot Chocolate Convos, where societal woes are tackled through the sip. These two chocolate divas have raw, unfiltered, and totally candid convo. Now here are your hosts, Kimberly and Shalisa. Let's get into the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to Hot Chocolate Convos, episode three. Hello. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, Chocolate Drops. We have an amazing episode for you today. We are going to be speaking with Miss Mrs. Brittany Kaufman about the highs and lows of pregnancy and childbirth. Brittany is a midwife, um, and her her start in the health field actually started as a, a physician assistant. And she's currently a midwife and has her own midwifery practice. So we're super excited to get into that and school you guys about our different options when delivering for those mommies or mommies-to-be or just women out there. Yes, excited. Okay, so what were your highs and lows of this week? Girl. (laughs) Do you have to start like this? (laughs) (laughs) My highs, I met a really cool person this week, and it's going to be a start of a great friendship. Like you'll, you'll meet her next week, but this is a great starter for friendship. Oh, yeah! And blows, girl. I had to go to work. I'm still not rich. That's about it. Jeez, it's like always your low. What I know, the and, and the dating scene <laughs> is trash. There's one. There's one. There's one. <laughs> did you go on a date and it was trash no girl oh my god i'm gonna send you a screenshot i wish men knew how to talk to women like this guy like chased me down to get my number like really like hounded me told me i was beautiful did all this finally gets my number and, and he was like well just text me you know and so you text me and spell your name so i was like hey it's chalisa this man texted me back and says the not it's not the worst thing ever, but it was just to me like, oh okay, all right, whatever, goodbye. I was just so over it. Like, don't tell me he just said, "Hey, okay, beautiful, text me when you want to chill." What? Text me when you no. want to chill. No. Straight Nicki Minaj screaming. I didn't say anything back. I just left it on red because oh, I'm just in a season of gosh. I can't keep going back and forth with these. I can't. Oh gosh, no, no. But but he comes back and he's like, "LOL," like hanging out or something. I just put the thumbs up on it. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> If that's not enough of a um, good day, sir. Fine, I don't know what is. That's insane. <laughs> I'm over it. Hang out. This is why I have fifty-one unread messages because I don't have time for the half conversations, the wanting to chill, the the what? Oh my goodness! You ask for my number, you want me to text you when I want to chill? That is, oh gosh. I'm not complaining about it. That's not my lows. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. No. Men do better. Please, for the sake of everything. And that's what I told my friend. I was like, I'm just so sad that women actually want to date men and there's products like this. 
there are women out there that really want love and like love. I don't care about all that, but it's women out there that want it. And I'm just like, y'all are really dealing with this? This is what's out here for you poor souls? No, not for every every no, not woman. For all men, not for all women, but it's just like this is what's in the dating pool. Yeah, that's why a lot of women are just done, like I just giving up or just like, okay, what I'd happens happens. Not. Yeah, I'd rather not. Dang. I my, I have a person that's just moved here and she's showing me um she's on or one of the dating apps. She's on one of the dating apps. The responses are ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Another is on Hinged. Hinge is supposed to be pretty cool, girl. You know, there are people out there meeting, like, their husbands and wives on Tinder. I know this I girl know. who got married to her man. Like, she met him on Tinder. I was like, wow. My best friend married her husband off of POF, and they are still together to this day. The ha- one of the happiest couples I know. Aww. Like, they're, like, the most lovable couple ever. And they met on Plenty of Fish. I can't. <laughs> I used to call it pieces of shit. <laughs> it's just sad, man. Like the dating scene right now. Girl. From what I've been hearing, it's horrible. Let's so this past you. weekend was amazing. I took like this getaway road trip with my friends. It was so bomb. Mm-hmm. Had so much fun. The time of my life. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. on to my lows. I got sick like the same day I got back. Oh, girl. And it's flu, body aches, the whole nine sick. Mm-hmm. I know. That's definitely my low, because it was, it was tragic. I've been home all week. Crazy. Just know that I've actually come by to check to see if you've been in and Ooh. looking around for you and just... But I was mostly making sure you weren't in, because you need to be at home and not at work. <sighs> There's no need to pull yourself and try to be a superwoman when you can stay home and get better. So thank you for taking care of you. Thanks. I try. I do, guys. I really do. I'm so happy. Sigh. So let's get into the episode here. Because I don't know anything about what we're about to talk about. I got questions. I'm curious as to what she's going to talk about or what she's even going to have going on with this subject. So... I'm intrigued and ready to get into it. Me too. I'm excited. I'm just always excited about pregnancy, so don't mind me. I'm the opposite. Uh, opposites really do attract, guys. They, they do. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> okay, so without further ado, Mrs. Um, Brittany Kaufman. Me, our lovely midwife. Hi. So Brittany started off in the healthcare field as a physician assistant for over um, 10 years. Then she went on to being a doula, and now she's a midwife, just doing amazing things, helping all the moms out there. And we just want to give her a special welcome. Hi, Brittany. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for sure. So tell us just a little bit about yourself and your background. My background, I started out as a PA. I worked as a PA for about eight years. Um, I really always felt passionate about clinical medicine and helping people. I really have like a passion for preventative health care. So I worked in primary care for maybe like five years, and then I did bariatrics for like another four or five years. And during that time, I had two babies. Um, I had two like traditional hospital births. 
and they were fine. I would consider them pretty average, maybe above average. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had talked to me about home birth during that time, I probably would have thought you meant like you accidentally had your baby before you got to the <laughs> hospital. Like I really had no idea whatsoever what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends decided to uh, have a home birth. And so I attended as her support person. And that was really where like my whole world kind of opened up. And that is what sent me down on the path of oh, becoming wow. a midwife. So, yeah, just from attending that one birth. It, like, that one birth everything. was your motivation. That was it. Yep. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I sitting in her birth. Right. I was looking around the room at these people doing this and I was thinking, how did I not know this? Right. Oh. Like I, I, I work in medicine. Right. Yeah. And I, I've had two babies. How did I not know that this was an option? Right. And so then it was like, you know, lit that fire. Like every mom should know this. I, I have to help these moms, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so did she do like a water birth? Uh, she labored some in the water. Yeah. Okay. She didn't actually give some in the water. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, but lots of moms do. Very popular. So why would you say women should consider working with a midwife? So working with a midwife is much more personalized, individualized care, right? So when you go to an obstetrician's office, you're in the waiting room for X amount of time. You know, it could be like five to an hour, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But the actual visit with your obstetrician is like five to 15 minutes, right? Home birth midwives, you're typically seeing like one provider or maybe a group of a couple providers, right? Um, and you're meeting with them every visit for 30 to 60 plus minutes. So you're really getting to know these people very well and you get to ask them lots of questions. And that, um, that getting to know you process and that education process, process translates into better outcomes. We know this. It translates okay. to lower rates of interventions, right? It translates to lower rates of cesarean births. It translates to higher satisfaction of the birth experience, which is an important thing, right? Because these stepping stones and how we feel when we give birth have a really large impact in our our faith in ourselves and our um, confidence as a parent, right? How you give birth really has an impact on how you feel about yourself as a parent. Mm-hmm. Was I respected? Do, can I do this, right? And regardless of the path you take, you could be having a hospital planned cesarean, but if you mm-hmm. feel respected and like you had autonomy, this translates into more confident parenting, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So um, you guys don't really see people that are um, like high risk, right? No? or Right. So, so as a doula, right, a doula is like a, uh, like a support person. And so, in my opinion, everybody should have a doula, right? Okay. But as a home birth midwife, I don't really care for, um, and when I say care for, I love them, but I, I can't care yeah. in a home birth environment for high-risk women, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are, there are risk factors that can be handled in the home environment, but that's like on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I must admit that I was a little, like, ignorant. I didn't really know about the whole midwife, doula. I saw this article about Erica Badu, mm-hmm. and she just, you mm-hmm. know, started saying, oh, I'm a doula now, and I want to have my own midwifery practice. And I was like, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I get it. This was me, and I had already had two children. So oh my goodness! It's like people are doing what? No. Where are <laughs> but yeah, I really I, feel like it's getting out there because, like, I have I know they're like two of my friends. They're trying to like they're doing the family planning. They want to get pregnant, and they're like, you know, we're gonna do midwifery. Like that's their their goal. So I was yeah. like, wow, that's super. That's amazing. But, like, what can you say about the common misconception that midwives are just pretty much helpers and they don't really play a role into, like, actually having the baby and going into labor? Yeah. So in an ideal birth, right, I would use the least amount of special skills that I have. So I, I, in an ideal birth, I just want to be a little helper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's important to distinguish between, like, midwives and obstetricians and doulas. So maybe I'll yeah. start there, right? Okay. So, like I said before, the doula is the birth attendant that's there for physical and emotional support. So, you can picture this person, you know, like giving you words of encouragement as you work or massaging your back or like making you a nutritious snack or like helping you with your older children if they're there for the birth experience. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Obstetricians are highly trained surgeons, right, that, mm-hmm. are, that are trained to do complicated, high-risk pregnancies and births, right? They also get the low-risk people, but they're mm-hmm. trained to, like, recognize, treat, and manage these this medical model, which is all about controlled medical management of safe and healthy pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. So midwives, especially home birth midwives, are experts in normal, healthy pregnancies. So these are, this is our, like, sweet spot. They're um. in charge of monitoring you and baby making suggestions to make sure that you're keeping your birth healthy and determining when an intervention or that next level of care is needed, right? Mm-hmm. So we're the gatekeepers of normal. Oh, wow. Yeah, so when you think about what what is the, what do OBC majority of the time? They're seeing mm-hmm. higher risk stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. What am mm-hmm. I seeing the majority of the time? I am just seeing one natural birth after another. Oh, jeez. That's cool stuff. It's cool. it, it makes so much sense now. It, it does. And we're not even moms. I know. I'm planting the seed. That's so wild, though. So what are the most common misconceptions for having a home birth versus a hospital birth? Oh, gosh. Because I've only, known about, I've, known, I've only known about hospital yeah. birth, and I've heard the worst stories. Yeah. I've heard the best stories. But I've never really seen any home birth stories besides on TV. Great, great. And they all went really great. Yeah, let me tell you, YouTube is a fun place because they have lots of birth videos for you to look at, right? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, so there's lots of misconceptions, and I I hear them all in meet and greets, right? Typically, like, one – like, if you have a couple, right, one part of the couple will say, like, oh, I'm really into this, and I'm really excited, and the other couple will be like, whoa, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to need some more information, and then they start asking these questions, and I hear them all the time, and they're all valid, right? Yeah. Like, messy, how messy is it? I hear this question all the time. Yeah. yeah. What is the home going to look like after you leave, Brittany, you know? Um, so, typically, your home is actually tidier when we leave than when we arrive, Right. And, and we're kind of like little birth fairies. We follow you around, and we just clean up, and we care for you. People have this image in their head that it's going to be really crazy, like some kind of Freddy Krueger movie, and it's it's just not like that, right? Um, they also think that their home is a place where, um, like, there are more germs than the hospital. Like, we think of the hospital as a sterile, bleached environment, right? Yeah. Um, when in actuality, the hospital is full of people who have mm-hmm. big germs, right? Mm-hmm. Scary things. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so your home is where you have your own germs. Your, you, yourself and your baby are already used to those germs. We're already immune to them. So it's actually much safer from a, from a germ, bacteria, virus perspective, right? Because you're already immune to all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, when they picture a home birth, they're picturing, picturing very, like, hippie things. Like, they're saying, like, things to me like, you know, crystals or tarot cards or, like, a cult <laughs> in the backyard. They're just, like, picturing, like, Birkenstocks and, like, dreadlocks and, like, you know, home birth is for everyone. Like, I have doctors who are clients. I have, you know, lawyers. Wow. I have business people. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some of kind of, like, the misconceptions. Did you guys have any that popped up in your mind? I don't know. Like, honestly, I watched this this TV show called 90 Day Fiance. Please don't judge me, guys. And, like, <laughs> this lady, she was having a home birth, and she was like, oh, I need candles and this lavender scent and stuff. I was like, does that really even, like, work? And what if yeah. this pool, like, pops? Like, what's going to happen to your living room? I, I just had a lot yeah. of thoughts. A lot yeah, of yeah. thoughts. It's, it's not so important if she had lavender or candles or whatever the music was. It's really just important that that is how she prepped and felt like that would make her comfortable. Right? Mm, okay. So it looks sense. so yeah. different for every person. Right? Yeah. Like, some people are like, I want, like, heavy metal music in my earphones and I don't want anybody to touch me. Right. And then like the very next person might be like, I need everybody in the room to be massaging me. <laughs> like, oh whatever. Like I said, it's very personalized. So whatever, wow. okay. while you're, you know, carrying this baby, gestating this baby, um, and you are figuring out what makes you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. you're just going to surround yourself in that. And it's so easy to do in your own home, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, and I feel like people would be more comfortable in their home anyways. Yeah. That w- that's yeah. more of a comfort zone in itself that you're in your home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. easier to be comfortable. Yeah. For sure. Because it's your food. It's your – I mean, like, I like soft sheets. When mm-hmm. I crawl into my bed, I, I don't want hospital sheets. I want my soft mm-hmm. sheets, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's something that's important to me, but maybe not the next person. It's all about just that individualized what makes you feel comfortable thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the unlikely event that there are um, complications during labor, does the house or maybe the birthing center or whatnot, does it have to be in a specific proximity to a hospital? Yeah, but that's a really good question. Um, and so that's probably specific to the client-midwife relationship. So okay. each midwife might have their own radius that makes them comfortable, depending on their level of expertise and their relationship with their local hospital, right? Mm-hmm. So if they have, like, a really good transfer relationship, they might go a little bit further. If it's kind of, like, more tense, then they might say, like, okay, well, we need to head in earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the distance to the hospital and the relationship your provider has with, like, local EMS and the ease of those possible transfers has, like, a big effect on all of those factors. And every every midwife, you know, has their own education level and how long they've been doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's very specific. And luckily for me – I mean, I live in Middletown, Maryland, um, and all of the hospitals and all of the clients that I would, I mean, we're all within, like, 15 minutes of a hospital, no matter where you are in Maryland. Oh, wow. Awesome. Except for maybe maybe Southern Maryland. But everywhere that I would see a client, you're within 15 minutes. Oh, wow. That's good. That's not much of an issue for me, but, you know, rural states might have more of an issue with that. Yeah. Yeah. I know Southern Maryland would definitely have an issue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you even like have you ever even had an instance where you would have to have one of your clients transferred 
oh, yeah. room that you had? Okay. Yeah, yeah of course. Mm-hmm. So um, probably 90% of transfers. So I would say um, my personal practice, and I, and I can only speak for my numbers, but my personal practice has probably under 5% transfer risk. Okay. Oh, wow. So 95% of people are having their babies at home is probably the, the yeah. estimate, right? And that that's a high ratio. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Of, of that 5% transfer, and it's a little bit different every year because you're dealing with small numbers, right? So if I'm yeah. only seeing, like, you know, 30 clients that, that year, 5 versus 6 makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. But um, so of that 5%, most of them are first-time moms having really long labors who want to transfer for, for some pain management. Oh, right. Oh, and so okay. I consider that a transfer, not necessarily an emergency transfer. Right. Oh, right. Right. OK. And there's like certain things that are, um, you know, flags that we we consider like soft yellow flags. Right. Okay. That make us want to change avenues that we want to transfer for. But they're not true emergencies like yeah. somebody's blood pressure might be going up. And I'm not going to wait for an emergency to happen. I'm going to transfer when I'm saying like, OK, we want you we, we want you to be more closely monitored. So let's put you in an environment where we can have more tools that would monitor you more frequently. Right. Mm-hmm. Those types okay. of things. So all transfers include all of those types of things as well. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah. wow. For women like myself, I this is the question that I've always wanted to know. Is there a such thing as an easy delivery? And if so, do you have any tips for an easy delivery? Yeah. So that's such a good I know for myself, I haven't had kids because one, I'm not married yet, but also it's a fear of having a difficult pregnancy because right. all I hear about is difficult pregnancies or yeah. it's, oh, it happened in like 15 minutes. Like, and I just feel like I won't have that type of luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I get it. I totally get it. I get this question a lot, right? I would say the number one thing that you can do to have an easier, not easy, right? Mm-hmm. Easier birth um, is to surround yourself with an awesome team, right? Mm-hmm. If you're feeling really nice and confident and um, comfortable and at peace and like, like you're not having to fend or defend yourself, right? You're just going to have an easier time. When you think about it, when we're tense, right? We mm-hmm. feel more pain, right? Yeah. Yep. And when, when you're breathing and calm and everything, it's, it's much more easier to um, to move through it and get into the process of allowing your muscles to move and sculpt around this baby that's moving through your body. Um, But as far as research goes, there's two things that I love telling my clients about that help tremendously. Number one is chiropractic care. Going to I swear by a chiropractor. (laughs) Honest to goodness, I do. I love those people. Right? Oh my god. We have studies that show that it like decreases pregnancy discomfort, right? So like the low back pain, oh. the hips that are moving, right? If you're aligned and everything is nice and stretched um, in an equal and, um, you know, symmetrical manner, everything goes a lot easier. Uh, it decreases incidence of malpositioned babies. So you're not getting a cesarean for a breech baby as much as you normally would. Breach is when the, the baby's facing the wrong direction. We want the baby's head to be down, right? The first thing to come out. And when the baby's feet are first, um, that's not ideal. And most providers will just schedule a cesarean um, birth for that. And so we know that if mama's pelvis is aligned and mama's uterus is aligned, then baby gets into a better position. Mm -hmm. So you have less breech births, which means less cesarean, which, of course, is a major surgery, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it also 
actually decreases the length of labor, right? So mm-hmm. if you're going to have a 10-hour labor, you might be able to decrease it to eight hours if you see a chiropractor, depending on, you know, what, what it is going to look like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is a really funny thing that people always um, are surprised when I say, but you know dates, the fruit? Yeah. Okay. Eating dates has been shown to um, decrease length of labor and to aid what? in right in, in cervical dilation. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's interesting. It's really cool. But you'll have to Google it because there's legit research behind it. So we don't actually know how this works, but eating dates, they say about five to six a day from 35 or 36 weeks on, so that last month of pregnancy-ish. Yeah. It, Decreases the use of induction, you have shorter labors, you start labor more dilated, and you have lower rates of cesarean birth. Wow. Yeah. So surround yourself with awesome people, do a little self-care at the chiropractor, mm-hmm. and eat those dates. Oh, gosh. Funny story, though. I listen, so I listen to mommy podcasts a lot. Seriously, maybe 90% of, 98% of my podcasts are, like, mommy-based. No, I'm not a mom. But this lady <laughs> on there... She was like, so she's pregnant and she has like a two year old and she does the whole birthing center, um, midwife, home water birth. And she was saying that she wants her daughter to actually be present in the room while she's giving birth. And she was saying that one thing that she does for pain management is like she like sits on a ball or something or like rolls on a on a ball. Yeah. Have you do you do that with your patients or it, is that even a thing? Oh, yeah, that's totally a thing. They actually have them at most hospitals now, too. Oh. These big blow-up exercise balls, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the exercise balls. Yeah, we call them birth balls, but it's essentially the same ball. And it just really helps you sit so that your spine is aligned and your hips are nice and open, mm. right? When you think about how we sit in, like, a normal couch, we kind of, like, sway our lower back. Yeah. Right? And that's not opening anything. It's really just, like, closing things off. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting in that birth ball – you're sitting kind of like on your tailbone and your your legs tend to go wide or open to support your stance mm-hmm. and your belly hangs forward. And that is really optimal positions for that baby's back to come around to the front and then baby flexes its head to get in the optimal position in your pelvis. Gosh, there's just so much. <laughs> it's just so much to this. It is. Oh, my it gosh. Is. Yeah, it is so much. That's why it's so important to have these 30 to 60-minute appointments, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for real. Yeah. So the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, they published data which cited that black women are three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes than white women. So do you have any thoughts or tips, advice, or anything on this little right. fact? I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> it, it's awful, right? It's terrible. Yeah, it it's is. Awful. And it's mm-hmm. also shocking. That's like very large numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the medical establishment tends to turn its back on women in general, right? And when you add racial disparity, this is super amplified. Mm-hmm. So we know we don't listen to women, and we know we especially don't women listen to women of color, right? And I think we've speculated that the dis- this disparity is due to things like socioeconomic status or access to health care or education or like housing options or, you know, whatever. And I think this all has an impact, but we aren't seeing white women in these situations with the same, with the same outcome. Yeah. Right. Right. So I can't speak for black women, but 
you know, I've read a little bit and I've seen a little bit. And my gut says that um, probably this implicit bias and the variations in the way that they're receiving healthcare um, and this constant hits of racism causes, you know, repeated stress and increase in cortisol, that like fight or flight hormone, little bits over time, really. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that this has a negative effect on your body. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. a body that's growing a baby, right? Mm. Um, and I mean, your, your questions about um, black women being more likely to die from pregnancy, but it's not just them dying. It's also their morbidity sequelae, like they have more cesareans, more medication used, yeah, more adverse, too. yeah, all of it, right? Um, yeah. And then also adding like LGBTQ status probably increases these adverse outcomes even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of the important reasons, all of this, right, that I believe home birth is an important option that people should know about. Yeah. Because I think I can safely say that Black women are not dying at these rates in birth centers and in home births, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. this this personalized, yeah. respectful care makes a big difference in the outcome. Yeah. No, I agree. Because yeah. you know, people always tend to like blame it on you know socioeconomic status. Maybe they're in low income, but you hear all these like top notch celebrities coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, I almost died during childbirth." Like Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. Like Serena like, Williams. Yeah. I, I love that she much out so much. Yeah. Yeah, and stuff, and it's like, huh? No, there's something mm-hmm. else going on here, people. <sighs> crazy let's lighten up the mood ladies let's lighten <laughs> up. it's important though it's important it is so what what's what was what has been your proudest moment in being a midwife yeah that's a good question I you know I'd like to say maybe it was my birth and I that was a super proud moment so I, I went on after I had my two hospital births I had my own home birth right and that mm-hmm. kind of like unraveled my my obsession with deciding I needed to switch gears but um, and I definitely feel like that was a proud moment. But my my favorite proud moment as a midwife is a specific moment that happens after each birth. Um, it's a few hours after the birth when the birthing parent has done the hardest work of their life. They gave birth to their child. Their wishes were respected and they received care that we all desire, that like loving, nourishing, helping care like as human beings. Um, and so they've like nursed for their first time and they've gotten up to use the restroom and they're finally like settled into their very own clean bed after you know a, a big adrenaline rush mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they sink into their bed and they have this look on their face like holy crap like I did it you know like they just they just beam yeah. um and sun rays come out of their face and they melt into the bed with their baby and that's my favorite moment these are my my proudest moments is giving them the ability to feel that mm-hmm. and being um, like a support person in that path, mm-hmm. right? There, there's no place to go. There's no beeping of monitors. They're just connecting to their baby and realizing that they did it. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah, that is, that is. Um, so you are um, the owner, is it part owner or just owner of Aglo Midwife? Yep, Aglo for free. You have your own midwife practice, which is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, no, for real. So what might a day in your life be like as a midwife? Yeah. I know it's probably unpredictable, but. Yeah, probably the most unpredictable, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, let's see. So on prenatal days, I get up, I take my kids to school, and then I travel to maybe three to five appointments on average throughout the day. 
Um, I travel, travel anywhere within an hour of my home, and each appointment lasts about an hour. So all the visits include normal things that you get, like, at an OB visit, like labs and vitals, right, measuring. Oh, really? Blood pressure, all of that. Oh, my gosh. You in the home, yep. But in oh, addition wow. to those things, oh, yeah. In addition to those things, we talk about nutrition and sleep and stress level and self-care. And I really get to know the family, right? If I'm coming to your home, I'm noticing all kinds of things about you that I wouldn't know if you came to me, right? Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And so I'm really getting to know the family's wishes for their birth experience and seeing the space where they want to give birth to their baby. Mm-hmm. And that postpartum visits, because we do visits, obviously, after the baby's born as well. Um, I'm checking on the birthing parent. I'm checking on the baby and doing all the normal vitals and all that good stuff. And also incorporating, you know, how they're dealing with the addition of the baby into the family and how they're coping, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of my three to five on average appointments, I come home to my very chaotic house. (laughs) (laughs) And several days out of the month, we'll say like anywhere from two to four times out of the month, I get the honor of a special phone call when a family is going into labor. Sometimes that's during the day. Sometimes that's during the night. A lot of times it's at night. And um, and then that spur of the moment, changing of plans, right? Mm-hmm. So if you call me and you're in labor, it's like, oh, all right, I guess I'm going to this person's house now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always ready, like at, at all times, to get that call and head to a birth. I just love how personable midwives are from what you're explaining. Like, you help with postpartum care. and I mean, that's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Nutrition. I mean, right. It's so it's per, it's so personable that you're actually coming to the home. Yeah. And throughout the entire of the pregnancy, you're getting to actually know that person to make them even more comfortable mm-hmm. to you know to give birth with with you right there yeah. instead of being at a, a hospital with a bunch of people, people up and down the halls. You don't know where your baby is. It's gonna, your baby's going to go out of the room. And it's going to come back, and, and you get rushed stuff. at doctor's appointments. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's. it's that's yep, crazy. yep. Wow. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's apples to oranges. If, if I could, you know, if I could have every birthing parent who wants to have a baby experience alongside an OB medical model and <laughs> along a, a home birth model, if everybody could see both options before they experience it themselves, it would be a no-brainer, right? <laughs> wow. It'd be a no-brainer. Yeah. I'm sure once a lot of our listeners hear this, they're going to go look yeah, into it. I mean, it's going to be a conversation to be had yeah, after they hear this. Because even for me, I'm like, I didn't know that. That's that's better yeah. than anything going to the hospital. That's so great. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I for me, like, I, I get so <clears> nervous <throat> when I go to the hospital, when I go to appointments. So I know myself, I know I clench up and my, my muscles tense and everything. So I can imagine if yeah. I were to go into labor, being nervous, going to the hospital. I know. Wow. But I do feel like us as millennials, we're doing a lot of research on things. We are. We're taking a lot of mm-hmm. non-traditional approaches to mm-hmm. stuff and so forth. So, yeah, I really feel like this is getting a lot more attention. And it will get a lot more attention. Yeah, attention. I really do hope so. Mm-hmm. Back back when I was looking for a home birth midwife, there were two that I knew of in the area. And they didn't, they weren't like, you couldn't Google them, Right. And this, this baby is almost eight now. So this is eight years ago. Now you just Google, right? Yes. yes. Like midwives are licensed in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Maryland, you just Google them. Everywhere. You that five to ten and you have, like, your pick, right? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely 
gaining momentum. And I mean, it's always been going on, right? Mm-hmm. They say like 80% of the people in the world were delivered by midwives. It's just the United States is kind of behind the. Oh, we're behind in so many things. It's just not even funny, especially oh, when it comes to healthcare. But yeah, just the whole yep. conversation. for another podcast. Right? I know. Just <laughs> another episode. <laughs> yes. Well, getting into our last question, do you have any advice on what a woman should do when she's looking for choosing a midwife? Yeah. Or even a doula? Yeah. And I want to back up one one step and say that midwifery model of care also applies in the hospital. They have their own set of rules, right? Like as a home birth midwife, I can kind of run this show the way I want to. If I want to come to your house for every appointment, I can, right? I don't have like supervising physicians telling me that I have to do all of my appointments in the office or something, right? But that same midwifery model applies in the hospital. So even if you are a high-risk mom who needs to have a hospital birth, it is not um, a bad idea to see if you could birth with a midwife in the hospital because that midwifery model of care still applies, right? And there are midwives in lots of hospitals in Maryland. So that's another thing I just wanted to interject. Um, so if you're talking about um, choosing a home birth midwife, I think every client midwife relationship starts with a, a nice, long meet and greet, right? You want someone to feel no rush in answering your questions. Um, people always start with safety. They want to know, like, what will you do in an emergency? What are your qualifications? What is your experience level? What's your transfer rate? What does the transfer look like for you? Like what happens, right? And you want to go through these questions and you want to receive these answers and and see how they feel when you hear them. Do they sit well, right? Um, You'll want to ask questions about that specific midwife and how she practices things like, you know, do you require vaginal exams? Um, How overdue can I go before I risk out of home birth care? Um, what other people do you have on your team, right? Because every person's energy is going to have an effect on your birth. Um, most of all, uh, my advice is that you really feel a good connection with that person, right? Because that has the largest impact. This person will be sitting with you, holding space with you as you go through the hardest work you're ever going to do. Mm-hmm. So you really want them to lift you up, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. So what would you say? I'm sorry, just a little follow-up question. Yeah. I don't know. This is coming to my head. Yeah, I we're, <laughs> we're talking. But what would you say to, like, first-time moms who or moms, women who want to be moms like me, who's just like, you know, they're really iffy. They want to have a midwife, but it's really iffy about having a midwife with their first child. Yeah, yeah. I know that's just a concern for a lot of people. Do I want to have my first child by a midwife? I don't know what to expect, the pain. Yeah. So if you're talking about before you get pregnant, right, then research, 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 right? Okay. You want to look up the research on home birth. What are these? What are the actual stats, right? And we know the stats are that it's as safe or safer than hospital okay. birth. And that's important to know. And I want people to see these numbers so that they can sit with that, right? Um you also want to know what it's going to look like in both of those scenarios. So I tell people to YouTube. I know it sounds funny. No. <laughs> like, well, let me yeah. help you, right? I want you to look at a video of what, you know, and I don't want it to be the kind of video with, like, the music in the background that's super edited. I want, like, the camera on the wall. The real. The real yeah, stuff, right? Raw, yeah, yeah, natural. If I could get you in a room and a hospital birth and then a room and a house and a home birth, that would be ideal. But that's hard to harder to come by. Mm-hmm. So look at some videos. What does it look like? 
when you are pregnant, I want you to hook up with a doula, right? Because I want you not only to know, um, you know, all these this educational information, like, you know, what birthing classes can I take and what helps me feel com- more comfortable in labor and should I wear a belly band and how do you set yourself up good for nursing? All these great questions, right? But also what are specific resources to your area? Mm-hmm. And the doulas really know that, like mm-hmm. which midwives will allow me to have this information at my fingertips and, and what chiropractor in my area is best, right? So the doulas are a great resource to be able to connect you with all of those local resources, mm-hmm. right? And and really, it's it's your decision. It's your baby. Yeah. Yeah. You got to take all that information what and it really sit comes with it. Down to, yeah. yeah. What does that feel like in you, in your own body? Mm-hmm. And and what is going to make you feel more comfortable? Well, this was great. This was amazing. Oh my gosh! I'm so glad. Thank you so much for doing this with us. For coming. Oh, it was so enlightening. <laughs> it was. You guys are the best. No. So are you? You're the best. Oh, so I really you? want to ask you really quick. At your practice, do you guys like train people to become doulas? That's a great question. So we don't train doulas, but we love doulas. So we're always trying to, uh, like, if you're a new doula and you want to, mm-hmm. you know, like, experience some birth, you send yeah. your number, and I will try to hook you up with a mom who wants to help a new doula. Oh. I've been, nice. Yeah. No, last year I've been really thinking of becoming a doula. Right. Just like, I mean, I'm an economist full-time, but, like, on the side. Because I just thought that was, after seeing Erica Badu's interview, I was like, oh, my gosh, I <laughs> want to look into this and so forth. Yeah, that's why I asked. Mm-hmm. There's there's lots of doula um, training uh, mm-hmm. organizations like Dona or Pro Doula or Two Labor. There's lots okay. of, and so you do like a weekend training course, and then you just really need to attend some births, right? Mm-hmm. Got to put mm-hmm. that knowledge in action. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. This was great. Yeah. And if anyone would like an actual midwife, where can they reach you? Yeah, uh, my my name is Brittany Kaufman, and I'm at aglowmidwifery.com, and that's A G L O W midwifery. Awesome. Yep. Okay. God, I almost want to so like much. think of some other topic for you to come on. Like you're just so awesome. <laughs> oh, you're the best. You're the best. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. So what's the sip? What's the sip? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Don't hold nothing back. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to tell us what you're sipping on. Well, I'm sipping on the fact that LaShawn Daniels died. Now, I know that you guys are probably thinking, who is this man? But this man is a legend out here. You took my words to sip because I'm sad. Oh, really? Go on. (laughs) This man is an incredible, like, he wrote pretty much all of the pop hits. And like the R&B hits that you've probably been bombing, bobbing to since the 90s. I'm talking Say My Name, Destiny's mm-hmm. Child, That Boy's mm-hmm. Mind, Brandy mm-hmm. and um, Monica. Uh, Monica. Mm-hmm. I mean, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, the whole nine. And the Michael only- Jackson, y'all. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. The only reason I know him is because I saw him on Tamar and Vince when I used mm-hmm. to watch that show. And he just seemed like super bomb. It's super sad that he died. It is. Like, we just lost another one. And that's definitely something that we should bring to light. Rest in peace, LaShawn, really. Honestly, truly. 
I agree. I honestly agree because you know what? I like I didn't know who he was until Tamar and Vince. Yeah. But yeah. once I connected the two, I'm like, wow, you know, like, yeah. and that's when I really started to notice who he was. But now when I saw the news, I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. He died in a fatal car crash in South Carolina, I think. South Carolina or North Carolina? One of the Carolinas. Yeah. Girl, that's why I'm never trying to go to the Carolinas. That's not my business. Gosh, how sad. That's It's crazy yeah truly think about it Mm -hmm. okay i am sipping on a lot of things only because sometimes i get a little bit caught up in like reality world and just the people that have issues going on on the social media so the fact that megan the stallion in money bag yo nobody may, may not know who that is if you don't listen to rap but he has, like, a lot of kids, and he's a rap star. But I'm just like, I just want her to go to school and not have a boyfriend. I don't want her to mess up her life with these little knucklehead boys. I don't <laughs> want her to go out there in her wrestling outfits with the little underwear and the boots and the bras and just have fun. Like, why don't we have to add boys into the, the equation? <laughs> just live your life, girl. And also the fact that Lizzo is just killing it right now. And Azalea Banks wants to bring her ashy ass to the picture. But that's none of my business. Mm. That is Azalea I'm Banks. Her. I'm over her. I'm just... Uh, even the thing still, I just... No, what is she but doing? she hangs on to Does other people's posts. she get her edges back? I just, Girl, just, no, because she gets getting smashed <laughs> by all these real artists. Oh, and she gosh. put in the enough time in her artistry and in her edges as she did in other people's business, she would be a good artist. She would be a good person, and she would have good edges. She has got to stop. Seriously. Like, she, like, just does the most to to go on other people. And it's like, girl, we you could have put this into the studio and gotten an actual good album. <sighs> I can't deal. That's why I just, I don't even, ugh. Girl. Honestly, I I don't even know what to say. I don't. There's nothing I, to say. I, I, ugh. Do better, young <sighs> Do better. Please. So, we just want to highlight a glow midwifery. Um, um, Brittany Kaufman, our guest that we have on this episode, this is her midwifery practice that she started, and we just want to bring light to it and shed, just let women out there know that, you know, having a midwife is not you know what it's preconceived to be and it's always great to know your options so it's called a glow midwifery that's a-g-l-o-w and you can find them on facebook instagram and also their website aglowmidwifery.com so please go ahead and check it out for any women out there who are just thinking of exploring their options and learning more about just more holistic and natural ways to go through with your childbirth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. enjoy all right folks there you have it this was great i learned a lot i hope you did too i hope that you're able to have a doula or midwife whenever you're ready for your little crumb snatchers because i think that's wow to have them yeah what? i do too <laughs> crumb snatchers I said your baby. Just go. Goodbye. Your little wow ass. <laughs>
you know. <laughs> I love them though. I love them. I love them. I love them. Yeah, guys. So I hope you were able to learn something off of this episode. As yes. always, thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, email Twitter. us. Twitter. Yes, Twitter. Oh my gosh. Email us at hotchoyconvos at gmail.com. We are here and we will answer. Yes, email us. Send us inboxes. We like to talk. We do. We really do. And we respond to people all the time. Every day. Mm hmm. Have a great Tuesday. Have a great week. Tuesday. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Ta ta. Bye.